Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Hello and welcome to Rough Trade Radio. Um, you're listening to Noreen McShane, the Rough Trade Store Manager. Um, today I'm joined by someone very special, um, uh, the the legend that is Mr. Barry Adamson. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, it's, a, it's a privilege and a pleasure. Great. Um, as a big fan, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of more fans out there listening uh, to someone so influential as yourself. We're so lucky to have you here. Um, it's just a great opportunity to kind of find out what makes you tick and what kind of music you're listening to. Sure, yeah. And uh, yeah, just even anything contemporary or uh-huh. that's kind of influenced you in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've made you shoplift. It's a great. It's, a, it's actually fun to shoplift in this <laughs> shop. Um, every time I come here, I often think I should come here more. Aww. And uh, you know, just like hanging around the shop itself is like inspirational because Aww. you just see and hear so many great things that, that, that the shop plays anyway. And and just being around this, you know, history, if you like, of yeah. um, just great, great music since the seventies and the Rough Trade Shop in West London, and now this one. This is great. Yeah, I've seen you in Rough Trade West. Mm. Yeah, I used to uh, live um, not too far away, so it was a sort of, you know, a, a sort of weekly or you know, bi-weekly thing right. to just go in there and, you know, look through and then sort of, ha- you know, hound, <laughs> <laughs> hound the staff to sort of like, oh, have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got this? Oh, all right. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So you've picked out a selection of records. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's... Once too many, a thousand doesn't quite sort know, of you know, touch know. the sides it's because uh, we have to limit it to I only know. a few. I know. I think I think I you know came in with a, with a big big stack like that. So I said, oh, you only got you know just pick five or seven at the moment. I was like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. no, no, it's no. I mean, I recognise the first one you have there. Do you want to tell me what record that is? Yeah, this is um, uh, a record by the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges, and uh, it's a seems to be a uh, an extra special. Uh, edition because it's got four sides on the vinyl uh, with different mixes, um, alternate mixes and John Cale mixes and um, it's got the sort of Raw Power classics on there that um, Iggy was so uh, famous for doing and um, it just, I picked this because I was thinking about my sort of life in music I guess and there was a, uh, one time that I stood in there's a bass player working with Iggy Pop oh my God. and uh, just for a, a tour of the blah 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 record, but of course, what was great is that you got to play all these Stooges records as well. And I remember one night um, turning around to Iggy and saying, "So, what are we doing for the encore?" And he just went like, uh, "Dog fun eye," <laughs> and I was like, "My life has just been made complete. You <laughs> know, incredible. you're gonna go out there and just play. Now I want to be your dog. So, no fun and TVI one after the other, oh, and goodness, it was just like imagine. tremendous. So." That, that sort of caught my eye, and I think if we play no fun off this record, then we'll get the yeah. the idea of how great <laughs> that was a, a moment for me anyway. So was, were they a big band growing up that influenced you? Well, it was just sort of like, I guess when the punk thing came along, you quickly sort of got the idea of this sort of little trail, if you yeah. like, that came from you know bands like Detroit bands, actually, yeah. funny enough. 
like Iggy Pop, Alice Cooper, and um, memory doesn't serve me well for the other band. Um, there were three kind of big Detroit bands. MC5, maybe. That's the one, yeah, yeah, MC5. But then there was George Clinton as well. Of course. Who also P- came from P- Detroit. Funk. And he was like apparently really influenced by these guys as well. And they were influenced by him because they all lived in the same town. Yeah. So, yeah, that you sort of trace that. And then, you know, I think more in the 70s, I was listening quite a lot to Iggy Pop. Yeah. And then, of course, went back and found all the, you know, like... You know, Raw Power and the Stooges and... Yeah. Is that what made you want to join magazine and kind of join a... Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing was a sort of... Uh, I guess it was like a call to arms, you know, because everyone seemed to be getting into this new thing that was happening and it seemed to be very much a driving force mm. of uh, of where you were at that age and um, you, were, you were ready to just sort of drop everything to be in a band, which yeah. was, you know, a very That's exciting time. I can imagine, I mean... Manchester in the late seventies. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, have romantic notions of mm. it now. Of Joy Division and mm-hmm. Buzzcocks mm-hmm. and obviously Magazine. Yeah. Was it? I mean, did you socialise with the the other kind of bands or? Yeah, I mean, the world was a much smaller place then, so you couldn't <laughs> help <laughs> but yeah. sort of run into them like on the street and. Especially if you were all listening to the Stooges and. All listening to the Stooges and, and the, whatever David Bowie was still doing then and. Yeah. Uh, but you would kind of rehearse at the same buildings and stuff like that, and you know. I imagine it was a magical time. Play the same clubs and stuff, and you'd be sort of. I'd be kind of like just, you know, chatting with Ian Curtis. Sort of, how's wow. It going? There was a film made about uh, Joy Division, which uh, depicted it uh, brilliantly in a sort of black and white. Not many people on the street, mm. and you would sort of like pass each other on the way to rehearsals and just say, "You're all right, yeah. You're all right, yeah." <laughs> and that'd be it, really. And then you see, you know, everyone playing that night at the Russell Club. Um, in Manchester, which then later became the Hacienda. Um, So it was a magical time, really, without any particular nostalgia or... Not knowing how important... No, not not really, and not even with hindsight. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just sort of was what it was then. And we, we knew it was something that was going on. Yeah. You know, and we we kind of liked that, you know, of course. It gave us a sort of sense of, like... Being and purpose, we kind of knew. You know. Yeah, is it Anton, is it Anton Coburn? Anton Coburn's yeah. film. Yeah. Did he ever take your portraits or? Not me personally. No. 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 Yeah. But anyway, we'll go back to. I like, do like his work though. I must yeah, admit. Anton, he kind of personified exactly. That whole, yeah, and, and the that look, whole, you yeah. know, and the look that he carried through to Depeche Mode and yeah, and then his other work, and then the films. I think he makes are fantastic yeah. as well. That one particularly. Was, yeah, was great. it was a great. It was it was kind of a big subject to take on, but yeah. he done it really well. Really well. And Sam Riley was brilliant. Yeah, really I saw him on TV the other day. I thought it was very, I didn't really sort of get the way he spoke. It's like, I really like talking like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I played Ian Curses, you know, it was really good fun. But uh, it's like, what? Yeah, you've almost lost your Manchester accent. I've been down here too long, yeah, I tell you. It's very soft. So, which track would you like to choose from the stages? Um, I like to choose uh, No Fun, yeah. which is um, just a great sort of raucous anthem. Um, which studios do so well, you know. Here we go. No fun for my 
So the next record um, I recognise too, which is Gil Scott. Um, I picked this record by Gil Scott Heron. Um, last record he made yeah. before he died. And I, I just thought it was a, a beautiful way to go, really. Um, I wasn't a, a huge, huge fan. Of course, I know, you know, the revolution will not be televised mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, some of the other songs. But this album uh, particularly captivated me. Um, and I remember this time being on, on tour and uh, being late for a plane and running through the airport. And, uh, and I was trying to run to get the plane and I turned this corner and went smack bang into Gil Scott Heron, oh, who was about two foot taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, usually you just you go like, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry about that, man, sorry about that. What year was it, was it? I, it was quite, yeah, it was probably, probably late 80s, yeah. And he just stood there and kind of gave me a look that would just kind of kill anyone. Totally immovable, totally sort of like, how dare you kind of run into me like this? And I was like just going, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> you because know, I was sort of like yeah. kind of a, bit, a little bit sort of starstruck. But oh my goodness. Oh, it was yeah. kind of amazing. But this album, I think, is full of, uh, I guess, acceptance and humility, and but still kind of spite yeah. and fury, which it's, is which I think is really yeah. great. Um, and what was magical, it kind of reached another audience, a younger mm, audience. Exactly, well. yeah, because of the production. Yeah, and then Jamie XX yeah. remixing it again. That's became, right. And gave it more depth, I almost. Know, yeah. That's a great way to reach a new audience yeah. as well. and it's, with Bobby and Womack, did the same. Mm -hmm. But um, that's true, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful record. But, yeah. Yeah, such a shame. But what a great, what a great present to the world. That really, I mean, the, you know, and just to cover that and a, a life if you like mm. in, a, in a single record and put it in a yeah. modern context yeah. which is quite difficult to do sometimes yeah. you can go either way it can sound a bit you know I, know, I kind of wonder what what Gil would think of yeah. America today I know it's amazing I'm kind of glad isn't it? that he's probably, not here <laughs> probably just like you know oh, yeah. he probably booked the ticket before all that happened I tell you I think you'll, you'll find uh, there will be a generation of people going back to his poetry mm -hmm. and his work oh yeah and it will become even more well already I can kind of like scanning the racks there and like seeing things like the last poets and, yeah exactly and thinking like it's the same <laughs> it's the same yeah. you know same world that, that exactly then you know it's happening now and like you know French sort of um, kind of 60s, late 60s revolutions. Mm. It's going to all be happening again for sure. Yeah, must be frustrating for them. Mm. Must be. But in the meantime, um, not that this is in any way sort of indicative of what's going on there, <laughs> but I'd like to pick the song Me and the Devil. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, here we go.
I recognise that straight away. It's the Kill Bill soundtrack. Mm. Kill Bill 1, which um, I, I always go back to as well. Mm. I love it. I guess it's just a great... I mean, I, you know, uh, in a lot of my own work, I like to mix it up quite a bit. Yeah. So something might be, you know, rocky or soundtracky or yeah. have well, a soul kind of vibe. And so, I, I, you know, and that actually idea comes from soundtrack albums, yeah. if I'm honest, you know. No, I always... Um, for me, your music's always kind of bled that kind of line between... Um, studio albums and cinema most your your albums are cinematic and they are like soundtracks where your first album was described as a as a soundtrack without an existent film Mm -hmm. to an existent film yeah I think that's the influence really he kind of nailed that there because uh, I mean I'm not a a band Mm -hmm. I'm not a particular sound I'm not a particular genre so I feel that that gives me license if you like to mix it up a bit um, which is what I like to do. And I kind of like that idea of, and it's from the same person, if you like. Yeah. So I quite like the idea that you're sort of scoring what's going on. So that particular part of what's going on might be something quite heavy or, you know, loud, raucous. And the next bit might be sort of, you know, mm. sort of gentle or, or it might be, you know, just setting an atmosphere or something, which is very much like more side story kind of stuff. Yeah. So... And I, I do think it is influenced by the way these tracks, like on Kill Bill, 
are put together. I think Tarantino is of a similar sort of thinking. So, you know, on that album you get, you know, Isaac Hayes, Bernard Herrmann, who's a great sort of Hitchcock composer, you know, and then it switches to the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan. And um, But the track I'm going to pick from this is called The Grand Duel, which at first I thought was by Ennio Morricone. It's by a guy called Louis uh, Bakalov. And I believe, although experts will probably have me over the barrel on this, that there were three Italian composers like Morricone, him, and this other guy who worked together for quite a while, and then they all went their separate ways. So they all have a kind of similar sound because they were learning and sort of almost teaching each okay. other and finding things and ways. To... But this track is just absolutely stunning uh, in terms of that sort of 60s um, spaghetti Perfect. Western sound. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, this is The Grand Duel um, by Louis Bakalov.
staying on the same subject of kind of soundtracks and um, you, you've obviously done a lot of composition and you've done um, work for Oliver Stone, David Lynch and even Jarek Jarman. Um, do you have any more kind of future plans to do scoring or? It's funny, I've sort of, uh, it, it, you know, the way life works is that you sort of, you know, you pull back from something mm. and it stops being an energy that you bring to yourself, if you like. Um, not that I'm saying that I'm a, you know, particularly have uh, a distinct power in that area, but I think as people, that's what happens. You get into something and it come, it starts coming, you know. And I've sort of turned more to sort of making like short films and scoring them, if you like, and then obviously quite a lot of work on the records, quite a bit of you know output there. So at the moment, it's a little bit quiet. I mean, the odd inquiry comes in, mm. and then, but you know it. It's a changing world, and a lot of people, they're either sort of composers, and that's it now, and they or they work within a band, mm. and they get the time to do that. Um, but uh, I, a lot of things are sort of, you know, put in from records or. Uh, um, but I've not really, score. You know, done a lot of scoring. I've got, like I said, there's a couple of things in the pipeline. Um, but it's interesting the way I've stopped sort of focusing so much on that and sort of broadened out more. Just made a short film recently to promote one of the new songs uh, from the next record that's going to come out in it's April. It's a six-track EP. Yeah, so that's been really real fun, you know, yeah. and, and very time-consuming, so there's not really much room for anything else. Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah I always find it intriguing because you always have a sort of photography film. Yeah, there's always something going on. Yeah, singing song, yeah. There's not many people can turn the kind of... Well, I don't know. I think the the wor- I think the the way the world is now, if you're an artist, it's kind of like that because you can sort of express yourself through you know different mediums, like photographs, music, film, mm. photography, and it, it kind of comes from the same place. I think pretty much. Yeah, um, this record I don't recognise, and you've she introduced it to me today. Yeah, um, don't. Ex- Tell well, people who it I was is. sort of like trying to get you know um, a range of music across the board. Mm. Uh, once again, that sort of idea of mixing it up a little bit. So we've gone from Iggy Pop to sort of spaghetti western, and now we're in a sort of uh, hip hop with a country sort of flavour from Atlanta. This guy called Rory, who I started to read a little bit about over the summer. I think I thought he had a very interesting sort of story and a very interesting kind of take. A twenty-year-old kid and his sort of take and then I heard this track by um, an artist called No Name and he guests on it and just what he brings to the table elevates the track you know and then I was listening to late night radio one night and a track called Friends came on and I thought this is great what's this and it was Rory so it started the the dots started to sort of link up you know yeah well go hip hop country sounds uh, well i don't want to, right up my street <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't strictly be country i think there's a, I think there's a sort of in, a more folk maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe there's a folky sort of influence uh, but then i heard a track called the devil's whisper which is um absolutely stunning um i think that was on an ep an earlier ep but this uh, album is called uh, all we need and uh it's a double album with lots of tracks on it, and but I, the Devil's Whisper sticks out to me as being something really special. Okay, so here we go, Rory, the Devil's Whisper. You better run, run from the devil. You better run, run 
Trying to rule the world, I see. <laughs> well, young boy, I can give you everything. Everything you touch can be golden, but first you gotta listen to me. I'll tell the truth, I promise you. This world may frown upon the things I have you do, but I got taste and I got style. I know the twist and turns to make your life worth My composition's the opposition of all the shit that got niggas wishing to spit tragic. The shit that get you deal cracking, you spend cash on cement asses. My heart burns in the fire of truth. Got the heat of seven suns and immediate treatment needed. More niggas burn on war started 1792. Won't act like I'm any better. You or me, I am you. We all hate, we all love. As below, so above. We got poison everywhere, so what's a war on a drug? We at war with ourselves. Type of war with no guns. So if you had to meet yourself, would you go do it or run? Cause I could be MLK. I could be Juicy J. Or a lame on Instagram that shows the world is AK. 47's the way. You can follow us straight at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you better run in some type of direction. Cause the people going nowhere are the ones that are flexing. I'm not trying to be a preacher, I was never a reverend. But I can take your ass to church and show you glimpses of heaven. You better run in some type of direction. Cause the people going nowhere are the ones that are flexing. I'm not trying to be a preacher, I was never a reverend. But I can take your ass to church and show you glimpses of heaven. You better Yeah, you have Fanobo's new album there. Yeah, I, this is a very recent uh, record that I got into. Um, I'm still getting into, actually. Uh, I kind of came across it uh, in the middle of last week. Somebody mentioned it, I think, and said, have you heard this album, Migration? And I was like, well, that's very topical. And they said, yeah, it is, actually, because it's, it's just got like something about it. And I sort of had a look at it, and uh, I sort of recognised... Uh, that it was Simon Green from Manitoba. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and um, I started to listen to the record, and, it, and I, I, I was doing, listening to it a lot on trains, sort of moving around. And I kind of thought about um, some of the ways I work in terms of like getting your own sort of visualization of what's going on and just being given the soundtrack. So very much it sort of follows on from that idea. And now I'm sort of listening to it as it's becoming a sort of, a, sort of, uh, 
like a friend who's who kind of goes with you yeah. on journeys. Um, I think there's some really fantastic moments, and it's, it's I've got that sort of experience at the moment of getting into a record, so you don't remember which track is which or what or what. Yeah. You know, which track sounds the way it sounds. So that's a really fun part of the process. Yeah, and I, I think particularly with this record where it, it kind of goes back to the kind of physical format of having a record or a CD, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where most people on Spotify, it's not about tracks, it is actually about the whole album. Yeah, really, it's a real journey. Kind of, yeah, it is a journey. Yeah. And, you, and it, has, it does, continue, each track continues into the next, which yeah. I find it, um, yeah, I mean, it's been one of our biggest really? sellers of the year. It's so, so far. great. I, I mean, I, it's kind of quite hard to do that to keep, especially now because, like you say, you pick a track here and a track yeah. there. But you know, I think what's clever is that each track sort of um, kind of purports to the bigger picture yeah. anyway. So if you do listen to it like that, you yeah, can yeah, still yeah, get exactly, yeah, exactly. it's instantly it's sort of it instantly travels. You right. know, it's like a travelogue, and very clever to call it migration. Yes. Because of where we are now in the world. And is there a particular track you want to choose? Well, again, it's difficult, but I have to sort of, uh, like, I'm still getting used to the record. But um, Second Son stands out a little bit to me as something amongst everything else. Migration is really good, too. And so is Kerala. But um, we'll go with Second Son.
went to uh, film school in, uh, I think it was uh, 94, and the Wu-Tang Clan were just emerging then as being this sound of hip-hop that we didn't recognize at all. They're sort of like these kind of disjointed piano samples and amazing beats yeah. and sort of audacious lyrics. And uh, somebody at film school said to me, have you heard this? And they gave me a cassette of this album, Wu-Tang Clan, um, 36 Chambers. And I just took to it immediately. And it became very much a, then a, a soundtrack for me of being in New York at that time. And, uh, and then a few, quite a few years later, I was in a lift in Los Angeles in a hotel. And uh, the whole of the Wu-Tang Clan was stood there before me. Holy and, cow. I was, and I was trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, <laughs> it's funny the people you meet when you travel. And, um, and I, I remember being like stood there sort of thinking to myself, oh my God. And think I should strike up a conversation, but the, you know, of course it was like. It must you know, have been quite intimidating. It was quite intimidating, especially they were staring at me. I remember at the time like my, uh, my moustache was sort of uh, done in a sort of, uh, like the ends were kind of long and curled up like this. So I kind of felt like a bit of a div. And they were kind of staring at me. And there's the lift doors open. I went to go out. Like The RZA turns around to me and goes, bonjour. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, he thinks I'm some French wow. sort of Dali <laughs> kind of guy. Great story. So that great was story. that was kind of funny. And um, But I tell you, the track on this, which is just outrageous and amazing, is called Shame on Nigger, which... Um, the old dirty bastard himself takes a, a beautiful spot on this, and I can't fault it in any way whatsoever. Great choice. Here we go. Play me as a joker, be on it like a 
house on fire, smoke ya. Dudes be acting like the gangs anyway. Be like, warriors, come out and play. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I get it to shit, I let it like, like diarrhea. Got burnt once, but that was only gonorrhea. Dirty, I keep shit stays in my drawers so I can get for some funky for you. Murder, taste the flame of the Wu-Tang Rah. Here comes the Tiger Brush Grain. Ow, be like, wow, with my style. Punk, you play me jump, you get dumb. Woo, it's coming through. Your final records. Um, my final record takes me back to Moss Side and Shabin's, probably during while uh, Moss Side story was being written, and these ideas of sort of like what happens around you and how that's sort of soundtracked in the environment, and going down to the Shabin's late night and listening to reggae and dub reggae, and uh, this song uh, by King Tubby and the Aggravators, which is called a rougher version which is a, a Lee uh, Clark song, I believe. Could have that wrong. Um, but just the way it, he operates, King Toby sort of uses the, the mixing desk mm-hmm. to to craft the sound yeah. is just something else. And then even like when I was you know a lot younger, I kind of recognised that, you know, okay, everything goes through the desk, but you can then use the desk like another instrument yeah, and effects yeah. like another instrument altogether yeah. and sculpt and manipulate and have you know a great time doing yeah. these amazing things and King, someone like King Tubby I think it's just was just unbelievable so I'm going to throw that in for sort of old time's sake this is uh, King Tubby and the Aggravators and uh, a rougher version you little of that killer that killed the king look at it you killed the king but you can't kill the king with him to steal our culture The good father passed by and said Humble yourself, my little ones Humble yourself, my children
Okay, Barry, thank you so Great. much right. for dropping in. Thank you. And your yeah. new EP's out on April 14th. Got a, new, got a new EP out in April called Lovesick Dick. And, Great title. Uh, <laughs> look out for that one. <laughs> and you'll be touring as well. be touring for a couple of weeks, uh, England and Europe, yeah. Uh-huh. It's Good. a sort of specialised solo tour. So I'm, I'm the new black Jack Garrett, um, so it should be fun. I, yeah, I saw you at the girl club. About nine years ago. Oh, wow. That's still one of my favourite concerts. Great, thank so you very much. Recommend it. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Rough Trade Radio. Spend more time engaging with exciting music and less time having to find it. Rough Trade Club Membership. Available now via roughtrade.com forward slash membership.